Hello and welcome to the Mount Holyoke College Art Museum's student-run podcast, Art and, a podcast that discusses not just art on the walls, but its interdisciplinary connections. Inspired by the museum's Teaching with Art program and exhibition that looks at how the museum's collection has been interpreted by departments beyond art history, this podcast will feature conversations that explore the multiple facets of artworks and their intersections and interactions with subjects and topics beyond the museum space. My name is Molly Wolforth, and I'm a student guide and intern at the museum. And over the course of this podcast, we'll be joined by fellow students, professors, and museum staff as we look deeper into what else art can tell us. So I'm joined here today by Prakriti Shamalima and Haley Simmons, both class of 19. And you guys are both student guides too. Um, And we're in the Asian Gallery. So would you like to just give us a little bit of an idea of what we're looking at? We're looking at a pretty large piece of art here. So this is um, multiple panels that forms one screen. And it depicts the tale of Genji, which was an influential 11th century novel in Japan. The screen itself has a lot of use of harmonious colors, a lot of repeating patterns. So we see a lot of gold, a lot of blue, and we see many repeating figures throughout it. And the screen is laid out, um, it's meant to be read right to left. So the rightmost screen um, depicts the season of spring, and then as it goes on, it progresses from each season, um, ending with winter on the far left. Um, And each panel depicts various scenes from different parts of the Tale of Genji novel. Hmm. That's interesting that it takes place across different periods of time. I think you can definitely notice that happening. Um, one of the ways you see that happening is in the trees. So I'm noticing that there's sort mm-hmm. of there's different flowers on the trees in each mm-hmm. situation. And I think in the winter scene you can sort of see them. They're playing with some snow on the ground. So there are sort of these visual markers in the scene of you know the seasons changing, which is kind of interesting to sort of tell the passage of time. Um, so considering that this is from all these different seasons, um, do we know if it's telling a specific story from the tale of Genji? So what's interesting is that even though it shows a progression of seasons throughout the panels, um, it does, I mean, because there are different seasons, we can kind of infer that these are different times. And so maybe this isn't everything happening on the screen, like it's not happening at the same time, mm-hmm. but maybe throughout a year. But what's interesting is that it's not chronological like that. Like these scenes do not happen in this order in the novel. It's not like the spring scene happens first and the winter scene happens last. So actually these scenes are all different scenes from the novel that are kind of out of order and they're placed out of order in order to put them in this seasonal chronology. Right, you can almost see this as like kind of a collage of specific episodes in the novel. Yeah, I, I, one thing I'm also noticing is that sort of the setting kind of remains consistent. Does that, what does that mean, that there's sort of the same place depicted again and again? Yeah, to me, I think when I first saw this screen, just because the setting is so similar throughout the screen, I actually thought it was just one big scene. And um, I kind of had to pay attention to the different trees and the way the landscape just really subtly changes throughout 
to understand that no it actually is the same place but like in different contexts yeah I think just going off of that the similar architecture in each uh, mm-hmm. screen is meant to show us that this is the same palace or the mm-hmm. same court um, just depicted at different times interesting so we're in this royal setting I wonder if you could tell us a little bit more about like what's going on in this royal setting Sure. So the novel um, was written about the Heian court of Japan, which was a um, period of a lot of artistic production um, and is a, is a real cultural high point in Japan. So this scene depicts um, the Emperor Genji, and you can see kind of various scenes from his court. And the novel initially catalogs his life. Um, it's also... Um, kind of a catalog of this specific period in history, although it was written um, several centuries later. Interesting. I think it's interesting that you pointed out Mm -hmm. that this court depicts sort of this artistic pinnacle in Mm -hmm. Japanese history. I sort of noticed that, and like there's a lot of really beautiful textile depicted here, Mm -hmm. um, as well as some some interesting costume. I wonder if um, you could elaborate a little bit more on that. Sure, well, if you look at the spring panel, which is the second from right, Um, You can see that, or the first from right, I should say, Um, uh, you can see a specific performance. Um, It appears to be a dance performance. If you look towards the center of the panel, you can see um, various, um, what appear to be female figures dressed in kind of butterfly-esque costumes. Um, And that seems to be some sort of dance performance. Um, As well as in the autumn panel, you can see um, a performance that is meant to commemorate Genji's 40th birthday, mm-hmm. so there's um, a large kind of symbol in the middle. Um, there's various dancers and performers, um, and you can see Genji watching on from the balcony. I think it's cool that we see repetitions of sort of similar types mm-hmm. of events in this royal scene. Um, right. It almost sort of seems like one adds on to the next one, mm-hmm. um, which I think is definitely an interesting mm-hmm. kind of narrative style in this work. Um, Prakriti, would you want to elaborate at all sort of on the narrative aspects of this work? Yeah, I think it's very interesting to me just looking at the whole thing to see how certain symbols reoccur. So that big um, gold symbol we were talking about, I believe it's a ceremonial drum, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of there in the autumn scene, but also there in the summer scene. And they're kind of in different stages of being, I think, held up, like of elevation. So it kind of gives a sense of movement to like mm-hmm. the same object throughout different seasons. Mm-hmm. In terms of narrative, I think what really intrigues me about this whole piece is the use of gold, gold leaf specifically to, throughout, because it's used to create the ground, but also it's used to create these scalloped edges that show clouds. And what these clouds do is they separate the different scenes but they do it in a way that's very soft. They do it in a way that kind of blends in with the rest of the painting. And occasionally you can see like the trees poking out from the clouds. So it's definitely not a very harsh border. Mm -hmm. And you can also initially looking at it, you can just interpret it as a single scene with just clouds passing over it, Mm -hmm. which is I think what I did when I first looked at it before I paid closer attention. So I do think that what these clouds do and the specific kind of narrative does, it it unifies the screen and all the scenes in it while also separating them in a way. 
it's interesting that you point out that it can be read sort of in more than one way. Mm -hmm. So one way you can read it as like lots of different scenes and another way you can read it as kind of like a larger, as I think you used that word before Haley, a larger, larger collage of scenes going on. Um, it definitely is like sort of a different experience um, mm -hmm. for a viewer who's sort of used to looking at a lot of Western painting, which mm -hmm. tends to depict one scene at one time. Um, and this is sort of a different style of doing it. You know, there's a lot going on here and we're supposed to look at it narratively, um, not just kind of as a one-off. So Prakriti, can you tell us anything more about who might have made this work? So this work was made by um, Kano Masamitsu, who was um, like a member of the Kano School of Art in Japan, which was a very prestigious school of art that was notable for how much it used um, gold foil, a very prominent part of this painting. And the gold foil was part of a narrative tradition that was already established in Japan of narrative painting. But at the same time, it also showed the prestige of the school because it showed how um, rich their clients and their patrons were to be able to afford such things. So we sort of understand you know, the narrative style, not just through you know, the story depicted, but through mm -hmm. the material. Um, and I think it's nice that you pointed out you can never forget the audience of who this is made for. Um, well, thank you so much for joining me today in conversation about the screens for the tale of Genji. Um, and thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Art And. Many thanks to student guides Haley Simmons and Prakriti Shamalima, both class of 2019, for this conversation about the depictions of narrative and performance in the tale of Genji Screens. To learn more about the Genji Screens or listen to more episodes of Art And, please visit our website at artmuseum.mtholyoke.edu. The music in this episode is by Chad Crouch via the Free Music Archive. Thanks again for listening.